Good morning, Burlington Baptist Church, and welcome for another week of worship. We're so happy you're joining with us via your television, your iPad, or whatever you're using. This is the moment, though, that we're going to ask you to take a moment, especially if you're doing it through Facebook, that you share the service with somebody that you know might not be tuned into the service today. Just take a moment, reach down, and do that share button so they can uh, join us today for worship. It is a blessed day to be in the house of the Lord, as always. We still miss you so much. Uh, so many of you we've talked to this past week, and we've told you this. We've gotten to see a few of you face-to-face just stopping by, and it was a real blessing for us. And just know that we think and we pray for you often and every day. So as we go through this, we, we're in the last days of it, so they say, and I know hopes are getting high. But most of all, we still want you to be safe. And if that means that you need to be at home, you go ahead. We are going to be right here for you. And as always, if you need anything, don't hesitate to call the church office and let us know because we will help you out any way we can. As we get ready for worship, we're excited to announce that next week on Mother's Day, we are going to be celebrating an outside service, the drive-up service for Mother's Day, and we encourage you to be here. Our regular times are 9 and 10.30, so make sure you pick one of those services and you come. And a special gift for the mothers next week, we have a friend that is right across the street from us, and I can't tell you what the flavors are going to be, but he's offering all the mothers free ice cream. So you want to make sure that you're here for that. And we thank Dave at Dreamy Whip for doing that. So as we get ready for worship and get ready to join ourselves together and welcome the Holy Spirit as he moves through us today, We just ask that you join with me for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity. On this Sunday morning, Father, we feel your presence and we know that you're still with us. And through all the confusion that continues to go on, through all the the ups and the downs of everyday life, you are the steadfast Father who knows what to do and to lead us in those ways. And we just ask you today, Father, as we worship together, that you allow your Holy Spirit just to move among us. Let us feel your presence, Father. And as we sing, even though we're at home and we're out at parks, wherever we may be this morning, when we raise our voices in song, take that as a praise offering to you because we celebrate our new lives and our eternity through your son, Jesus Christ. And Father, we just ask that as Harold comes and brings the word in just a few moments, that those words penetrate. And you teach us something that's going to be valuable to us so we can be on mission for you today. Father, we lift up those that are struggling, those that continue to battle through health issues, those that are just feeling anxiety from being separated because we're all feeling that. And we can't wait until we can get back together. But Father, until that day, may you always reign and lead us in the directions we may go. We thank you, Father, for watching over us and caring for us. We pray these things in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, good morning, church. Uh, We are happy to be with you again this week. We hope you've had a wonderful week, and we hope that you're having an awesome weekend, and we just uh, are so excited that you're joining us this morning. Before we get started like we did last week, we want you to text somebody, but we want you to text somebody new this week and just tell them how happy you are to be their friend and how much you miss them. Some that morning when this life is over, I fly away to a home on God's last shore. I fly away. I fly away, oh glory. I fly away. When I die, I live back. When the shadows of his life have grown, I fly away like a bird from prisma's aflow. I fly away. I 
your your giving and your continued giving and um and we just think it's just a wonderful thing that uh, even though that we aren't here in spirit or we aren't here in, in in body that we are here in spirit and we just continue through that so thank you so much um you can give online you can drop things by we've got a new box outside that's that, that barry attached this week so you can swing by here anytime um and we just uh and we just uh, are just pleased to um that you guys are doing that so join us join with us as we pray lord we just thank you so much um, just to, for the opportunity to be in your house, Lord, and just to worship. And, and even though, we, like we said, we aren't here physically, Lord, that we're here in spirit together and that we can just take this time to just, um, to just kind of unite um, with the purpose of just letting somebody know about Jesus. Lord, bless Harold as he brings our message this morning. 
And I just thank you so much for um, just everything you do for us. Lord, we know you're going to get us through this. Uh, like Jeff said, we think we're, we're kind of close to the end of, of this period of time, Lord. And we just thank you for just, um, um, just staying with us, Lord, like you say you're going to. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, <clears throat> this is a new song, uh, but I think the, the words in this song really, really speak to me, especially during this time where um, it just kind of talks about God can do anything. I mean, he can do anything, and uh, he can turn something that's not uh, great or what you think isn't great, and he can turn it into something beautiful, and he does that all the time for us in our lives. Uh, it's just sometimes we need to step back and take notice. I searched the world, but he couldn't feel me. Man's empty brain, treasures to pay, never enough. You came along, put me back together. Every desire's now satisfied here in your love. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. I'm not afraid to show you my weakness. My failures and flaws, Lord, you've seen them all. You still call me friend. Cause God of the mountain is the God of the valley. There's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again oh there's nothing better than you oh there's nothing better than you oh there's nothing nothing is better than you oh there's nothing better than you oh there's nothing Nothing is better than you. You turn morning to dancing. You give beauty for ashes. You turn shame into glory. You're the only one who cares. You turn morning to dancing. You give beauty for ashes. You turn shame into glory. You're the only one who cares. You turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who cares. You're the only one who cares. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's Better than you, oh, there's nothing, nothing is better than you. You turn graves into gardens, you turn bones into armies, you turn seas into highways, you're the only one who can. 
You turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who can. You're the only one who can. All right, good morning. Thank you, praise team. So good to be with you this morning. I know these are some difficult days, and it uh, seems like that so many are dealing with discouragement, and many are anxious, many are fearful. I'm going to talk about that this morning. You know, Paul uh, was writing to the church in Thessalonica, and he was talking to the Christians who were kind of worried about others who had died. And he said in 1 Thessalonians 4.13, I don't want you to grieve as those who have no hope. Because we have hope. And I, I feel like sometimes I need to say to some of you that you don't, you, you don't have to be anxious and fearful as those who have no hope because we have hope in Christ. And uh, we trust in the Lord. Uh, I want you to know He's got this. He's sovereign. And, uh, and so I want you to know that. And before I get into the Word, we're going to talk about hope for the, the fearful today. I, I do want you to know that if you're outside a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you should be fearful. Because you are living under the wrath of God. Now, so let me just quickly tell you, God had a plan, and He, he created us, and uh, He's sovereign, and part of His plan was that man would walk with Him. Uh, but we have a problem, and that problem is sin. Uh, that means that we decided to, uh, to disregard God's instructions. We decided we we're going to do it our way instead of God's way. And the problem with sin is that it separates us from God, and God is holy, and so He's going to punish sin. The good news of the gospel is that God had a provision, and that provision was His Son, Jesus Christ. And uh, Jesus came, and He went to the cross and took upon Himself our sins, paid the penalty for our sins, and He offers to forgive us of our sins and give us the gift of eternal life. Now, some will say, well, why would God send His Son to die? Well, I'll tell you why. Because the penalty of sin was death, and Jesus offered Himself to pay our penalty, to be our ransom, to take our sin upon Himself. And so maybe you're hearing that and you say, well, what do I need to do? Well, the Bible has a word, and the word is repent. And it means you turn from your sins. And it means that you turn to Christ. You have a change of mind. And so you repent and you trust in Jesus. And when you do that, you receive His forgiveness and the gift of eternal life. Now, Governor Bashir is, is trying to help us deal with COVID-19, and uh, he shares uh, the deaths each day uh, contributed to, to COVID-19, and he often says that those people have gone to a better place, and I, I get what he's trying to do. He's trying to offer comfort, but listen, apart from a relationship with Jesus Christ, many of them are not going to a better place, and I want to tell you the truth about that. You need to be saved. And Jesus offers you the hope of eternal life. And you need to receive it by repentance, turning from your sins, changing direction, and trusting in Jesus Christ. And so uh, this morning, I'm in Matthew chapter 14. Uh, I'll give you just a moment to get your Bible because I'm going to run down there and grab mine. And we're going to talk about hope for the fearful. And while I'm grabbing my Bible, take just a second and share this service Matthew chapter 14, 22 through 33. It's bad to get up here without your Bible. All right. You can't stand with me, uh, but I'll stand and read. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray when evening came, he was there alone, but the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. 
But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Come. And so Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Let's pray. Father, we acknowledge today that truly you are the Son of God. We, We want to worship you. And Father, we pray that through the power of your Spirit, you will speak today to those listening. Lord, there are some who are dealing with fear, and we want them to have victory over fear today. We want them to have victory by looking to you. Lord, we pray you accomplish your purposes. Father, there's some outside of a relationship with you through your son Jesus, and we pray that this very day will be the day that they turn from their sins and believe upon Jesus. Lord, we want that to take place. We pray for it, and we pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so here's the context. Uh, Jesus and his disciples, man, they were busy ministering to the people. Lots of people were, were coming, and, and Jesus was teaching the Word of God and, and doing all this ministry, and, and lots was going on. And, and Jesus realized, well, they've been here for a long time, and they're hungry, and he wanted to feed them. And yet, if you look back to verse 17, all they had was five loaves of bread and two fish. And there's lots of people. And so we know the story. Jesus blessed it and multiplied it. And it says there in verse 21, uh, 21 that over 5,000 men, that's, that's not including women and children, uh, they were able to feed this whole group. And, and then verse 22, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat. That, that word there, he strongly urged the disciples to get in the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. Now, a few reasons why... Why Jesus sent the men away at this time. The first had to do with the crowds that Jesus had just fed. John 6.15 tells us that the people were so excited about this miracle of the bread and fish that they were about to come and take him by force and make him king. Uh, they were excited that he was able to feed that many people with that little amount, and so they were going to make him king. And, and so uh, he knew that his time had not yet come, and he sent his men away uh, in order to remove that kind of thinking. Jesus did not want the people to get caught up in the frenzy over the miracles. Uh, Verse 23 says, another reason that Jesus sent the disciples away was so that he could spend some time alone with his father. Uh, After he dismissed the crowd, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And so in the Gospels, we regularly see Jesus getting alone with the Father. And prayer and communion with his Father was of utmost importance to Jesus. And so think about the context. All this is going on. It's a busy time in ministry, and yet Jesus needed to seek his Father in prayer. Well, what a lesson for us today. Uh, We should be a people of prayer. And listen, especially right now with all that's going on around us, we need to seek the Lord's help at every opportunity. I I hope you're praying regularly for God to send revival to our land. And I know many of you are participating in this 40 days of prayer. And so let's be people of prayer. And maybe a third reason was was for the disciples. Uh, The disciples, even though they'd been with Jesus for a while, they still had their share of doubts and fears. And so Jesus uh, is going to use a storm to reveal his deity and his power one more time to his disciples. And so what I want us to do is I think there's some things here that we can learn uh, in regards to dealing with our fears Jesus makes a statement in this passage to his disciples, but I I think it's a a statement that he wants many of us to hear this morning. And so if I was going to ask this question, what would you guess is the most common command in the Scriptures? Now, some of you might know, but if you don't know, you might guess what's probably something to do with love or, or purity or pride or something like that. Well, the single, uh, most common command in the Scripture is simply fear not. Or do not be afraid. You see it in verse 27 when Jesus says to him, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. 
Lloyd Ogilvy says that fear not appears 366 times in the Bible, one time for every day of the year and an extra time for leap year, which we get this year. So, uh, fear not. Listen, one of Satan's chief weapons is fear. And he often uses fear to keep us from doing what God calls us to do. And so I want us to have some hope if we're fearful. So verse 23, when evening came, uh, he was there alone. Uh, but the boat, it says in verse 24, uh, by this time was a long way from the land. A long way away. Many stadia away, some translations. John six nineteen actually specifies three or four miles. And it says there in verse 24 that it was beaten by the waves for the wind was against them. Or it's against them or hostile to them. And so the wind, the storm, the disciples find themselves in the midst of the storm. And listen, in our journey with Jesus, there are going to be storms. And some might say we're in a storm right now. And I realize that many are in a storm. So there, there are many reasons for storms in the Bible. I won't get too deep into this, but some storms are for our correcting. And uh, it's kind of brewing up in me just, just this realization that uh, I'm not sure that, uh, that we don't need some correcting as Americans because we have looked to so many things other than God and we've trusted and put our security in so many other things. I, I need to preach on that, but uh, some storms are for our correcting. Jonah is probably the best example in the Bible. God called him to go to the city of Nineveh, and when he called him to go to Nineveh, he heads in the other way towards Tarshish. Jonah 1.4 says, And the Lord hurled a great wind on the sea, and there was a great storm on the sea, so that the ship was about to break up. Up. And so his storm was certainly for correction or for uh, discipline. But, but that's not the case here in, in Matthew 14. The disciples were just obeying the Lord. Verse 22, again, he made them go. And so uh, secondly, some storms are not for correcting, but they're for perfecting. Some storms help us to mature, to grow in the faith. Uh, now, listen, some people think that, uh, listen, if you start following the Lord, it's supposed to be smooth sailing. I don't know where they get that. They don't get that from the Bible. Jesus said in John 16, in the world, you will have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. I mean, we could put in there, in the world, you might have viruses, but take courage. I have overcome the world. Now, let me ask a question. Did Jesus know that a storm was coming? Yes. Shake your head like this if you're at home. Yes, of course. And I suspect he planned it just for this occasion. Isaiah 45, 7. I form light and create darkness. I make well-being and create, create calamity. Does it really say that? Well, look it up. I make well-being and create calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. Now, even in the life of Job, you remember it was God who brought up Job's name to Satan? Job 2, 3, and the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil? And so everybody got your big boy pants on this morning? If you or I am in a storm, it's because the Lord allowed it. Now, some people have problems with that statement. Listen, it gives me comfort. You say, well, how could that give you comfort? Listen, if just one area of our lives are, is outside His control, then we're in serious trouble. If Satan, if the world, if the flesh is able to disrupt my life apart from the permission of God, then there is no area in life that's safe. However, if God is in control, and I, I believe He is, then whatever He brings into our lives will always work out for our good and for His glory. Romans 8, 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. Not some things, but all things. And so how do we have freedom from our fears? And where is the hope for the fearful? Well, first of all, I want you to affirm the Lord's presence. So here's the context. The disciples are in this boat. The boat is being battered by the winds and the waves. Verse 25, in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. It's the fourth watch. And listen, they're facing trials. 
uh, they, they, the storm has come and the Lord, he, He's not with them this time. They feel like He's deserted them. Isaiah 43, 2, though, ensures us that when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Isaiah 43, 2. Some of you need to write that down. Jesus is always present in the, in the storms of life. We, we're talking about Psalm 23, that he walks through us, even through the valley of the shadow of death. He is there with us. Now, we might not always recognize his presence. Verse 26, when the disciples saw him, they said, it's a ghost. They weren't expecting somebody to be walking on the water. And it says they cried out in fear. Now, let me point out something. Sometimes the Lord lets us spend some time in the storm. Verse 25 mentions it. It's the fourth watch. They, they divided the, the night into the four watches. It started at 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. This is the fourth. So this is between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. And so he allowed them to spend some time in the storm. Again, the Lord's always present, and, and His timing is, is perfect. It's, it's not always when we think it should be, but it's perfect. Deuteronomy 31.8, it is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. And so He's going to be there with us. You want hope for your fears? Affirm the Lord's presence in your storm. One of my favorite verses, Psalm 56, 3. When I'm afraid, I'll trust in you. I'll trust in you because I know you're there with me. Secondly, I want you to acknowledge the Lord's praying. What was Jesus doing while the disciples were in the midst of this storm? Verse 23, he's on the mountainside praying. While you might be going through a storm, I want you to know that Romans 8, 34 says that Jesus Christ is interceding for you. Listen, could you overcome fear? Think about this. Could you overcome your fears if you knew Jesus was praying for you? Now, if you answered that, you'd say, well, yeah, if I knew Jesus was praying for me. Listen, Romans 8, 34 says, Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. That's what it says. He's interceding. The one who died, who's at the, I mean, he's got the, the ear of the Father and he is interceding for us. And so the next time you're in a storm, remind yourself that you have a Savior in heaven who is praying for you and for your faith that you may not fail. And so in the midst of our fears, I believe the Lord wants us to hear what he spoke to the disciples there in verse 27. Take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. Some of you listening this morning need to hear those words. Do not be afraid or fear not. I'm with you. I'm praying for you. I'm using this for your good. Now, so there's probably 12 disciples in the boat. I don't know how 11 of them responded but, but uh, to Jesus' word there, don't be afraid, but, but Peter. Uh, man, he took those words to heart. And he not only took them to heart, but he saw an opportunity for a spiritual adventure. I love verse 28. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it's you, now he knew it was him. Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. Now, the context again, the storm is still brewing. The winds are blowing. The waves are beating on the boat. And Jesus wants to, um, Peter wants to get to Jesus. Now, why don't he just jump in? I don't think Matthew here is trying to encourage spiritual risk-taking. Uh, rather, he's teaching us something about obedience. Uh, I don't think Peter's as goofy as we, we make him out to be sometimes. Before getting out of the boat, he makes sure Jesus thinks it's a good idea. That, that's pretty smart. If it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And so uh, if, we, if you get an urge for a, a spiritual risk, you, you better make sure Jesus wants you to take that risk. But notice verse 29. Jesus says, come. He, he doesn't say, Peter, if you want to try it. No, he, it's an imperative here in verse 29. And he responds to Peter by saying, come. You're talking about fear. Uh, who thinks it would be fearful to get out of a boat in the middle of a storm? I mean, the other disciples, they're fighting to stay in the boat. They think the boat's going to turn over or something. And yet Peter is he's going to get out of the boat. And so if you want freedom from fear, admit the Lord's provision. 
When Jesus commanded him to come, he was providing a way for Peter to obey. You've heard it before, when God calls, he equips. Listen, when God calls, he provides a way. And I'd say this to you, if God's calling you to get out of some boat, whatever it may be, he will provide a way. You can type amen in the comments if you want to. But if he's calling you to do something, he'll provide the means for it. And you can't always figure it all out. Uh, but I want you to know this, you can trust the Lord. He is Jehovah Jireh. Our, our God is our provider. And I, I can give testimony to that, and I, I bet most of you could as well. So verse 29, so Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water, and he came to Jesus. Now you think about Peter. He's kind of the leader uh, amongst the disciples. He, he's the first one mentioned in the list of disciples in all the Gospels. He's in an inner circle with, with uh, James and John, and uh, Jesus gave him the name Rock. Peter, the rock, the, the solid one. And, and we know Peter gets criticized a lot, and he often stuck his, his foot in his mouth. And, and, uh, and yes, even here, he begins to sink, but, but at least he got out of the boat, didn't he? And some people say, well, he denied Jesus three times. Well, at least he was there in the courtyard. The rest of them had deserted Jesus. And so uh, I don't know if Peter was the oldest of the disciples, but he was the leader. And I just want to say this. We need some courageous leaders in the church today. We need some Peters in the church today. Because we all have a tendency to want to stay in the boat because it's safe in the boat. And I'm preaching to the choir here. Uh, sometimes we need to encourage each other to get out of the boat and go to Jesus. I, I believe there's something in us. Maybe it's someone in us. Maybe it's the spirit in us who, who says there's more to life than sitting in the boat. Something inside of us wants to walk on water and go on an adventure with Jesus. I, I want you to know he's still calling men and women, boys and girls, to go on an adventure with him. And so let me ask you this morning, what, what's your boat? What, what is it that represents safety and security apart from God himself? What, 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 what is it that you trust in uh, when the storms come? Uh, what, whatever you are so comfortable in that you're not willing to give it up. Whatever keeps you from going on an adventure with Jesus. What is the thing that produces the most fear in you when you think of leaving it behind and stepping out in faith? What is your boat this morning? Now listen, I'm not calling anybody to quit their job and pack their bags and go to Africa. That, that would be silly if Jesus doesn't say come. But I want you to recognize if Jesus is calling you to get out of your boat, whatever that boat might be, he will provide the means. Uh, this is a little testimony. When God called me into ministry, the first year I was able to keep my job. I had a, had a good job, and, and they allowed me to go to seminary on Mondays. And so I, I was gone all, all day Monday, and then I had to make up those hours, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And, and so I was busy, and I had a... Jenny and I had a one-year-old and a three-year-old, and I, I, she probably felt like a single mom, and it was probably the toughest year of our life. And, and I got to a point where I knew God wanted me to quit my job, but I was in this boat of financial... I was going into ministry, and yet I was still in my boat of financial security. And listen, I want you to know, when I was willing to give up my job, God provided me with a, a pastorate job of a, of a church. It was I had no experience, and he, gave me, he let me a pastor of a big church. I, I knew nothing about it, Harley. That's the way God provided. And so has anybody just grown tired of, of sitting in the boat? Has God put something on your heart and yet you think, well, that, that sounds maybe like it's too risky or, or I don't know how it's going to turn out or I don't think I can do that. Well, listen, do what Peter did. Lord, if it's what you want, then you just command me to come. And if the Lord has already said come, what in the world are you waiting for? Now, we know the story of what happened to Peter. He got out of the boat, and we commend him for that, and most of the others never do that. And uh, he got out of the boat. He, he took his eyes off Jesus, didn't he? And he began to see the waves and the wind and the storm. And, and verse 30 says that, uh, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he, he cried out, Lord, save me. You know, there's been times in ministry where, I mean, that's, that's what I did. I cried out and I said, Lord, the, the waves are coming over the boat. Save me. And uh, he always does. And I love verse 31. Immediately, uh, Jesus immediately reached out his hand, took hold of him, saying, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? 
Jesus immediately, though, Peter begins to sink, and Jesus immediately reaches out his hand and took hold of him. And so, number four, I want to just announce the Lord's power. And I want you to know that Jesus has the power to lift us to safety, even if we lose faith, even if we begin to sink. And yeah, after he saved Peter, he asked, why did you doubt? And I just think, you know, uh, all the times I've experienced God's presence and his provisions, and I believe with my mind that God is sovereign. I believe he's sovereign over us, he's control of all things, and yet there are times when I doubt. And so today, let's just be reminded of God's power. He's all-powerful. There's no storm he can't handle. There's no crisis that he can't deal with. And notice his power in verse 32. The, the wind ceased. He had power over the wind and the storms. And, and so that leads to the final point this morning. I want to accentuate the Lord's purpose. And I want to tell you this. The Lord always has a purpose for the storms of life. And notice verse 33. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. And they worshipped him. It doesn't say they went to a worship service. Uh, proskineo. It means to fall on their knees. They got down and said, Oh, you are truly the Son of God. Listen, you, you, you hushed the, the winds. That, that, that word means to magnify towards that that's what worship is you know Danny for years I've heard about worship wars in our churches and and recently I've heard about boredom in our worship I wonder if some of the boredom in our worship is not so much about the song selection and the message as it is about the fact that some people have spent way too much time in the boat and they've not encountered God listen when Jesus got in the boat when they encountered God, they, they didn't argue about what songs they were going to sing. They worshipped Him. And that's what happens when we encounter God. That's what happens when we get out of the boat and we experience freedom from our fears. And we're never quite the same. And, and our worship is never quite the same. And our relationship with Christ is never quite the same. And listen, whether you sink or swim, you, you've been changed. Every time you get out of the boat, you get a walk on water with Jesus. And here's what happened. God gets a little bit bigger, and our worship gets a little deeper, and our faith gets a little stronger. And it's through the storms that we get to know Him. We get to know His power, His faithfulness. And notice the end of verse 33. Truly, you are the Son of God. I mean, just days before, he, that, that day before, they saw him feed thousands of people. And it doesn't seem like it was until the disciples had spent some time in the middle of the storm that they acknowledged that Jesus truly was the Son of God. Listen, no mere man can cause the wind to cease or to steal the storms. And listen, Jesus was no mere man. He was the eternal Son of God. And listen, some need to respond to His call today. Listen, if you want to walk on water, you really do have to get out of the boat. And so as we prepare to close this morning, uh, listen, we, we're all going to go through some storms in life. And, and I know many of you, you, you're in a storm right now. If you know the Lord, you know Him personally, there's no need to fear. Peter knew Christ personally. Uh, verse 28, Lord, if it's you, command me to come. And even when he began to sink, verse 30, he cried out, Lord, save me. Some of you have never come to know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. And you, you might feel like you're sinking. Uh, listen, some of you are still in your sins. You're headed to a place of eternal damnation. The Bible calls hell. And yet you are invited even now to call out to Jesus, Lord, save me. And if you'll do that, Lord, save me, I want you to know He will hear your cry and He will extend His grace and mercy to you and you can be saved. And some of you need to be saved today. I want to help you with that. Listen, all you have to do is, is call out in faith and say something like this, Lord, I, I know I'm a sinner. I know I deserve punishment for my sin. 
But I know that Jesus came and he lived a sinless life. He took my sins upon himself, died in my place, paid for my sins. And this morning I want to turn from my sins. I want to put my faith and trust in Jesus. Lord, save me. If you cry out with something like that and you believe in your heart, I want you to know the Lord will save you. And you can have a relationship with Him. And you don't have to live in fear, but you can walk in faith. Listen, whether it's salvation or, or, or just fear, the Lord wants you to call out to Him. And you can do that right now, wherever you're at. And if we can help you with it in some way, uh, you leave a comment, leave your number, email, and we'll contact you. Uh, but just cry out to the Lord in faith. Let's pray. Lord, save some this morning. And uh, just remind us, we don't have to have exact words. Uh, we can just cry out in faith and say something as simple as, Lord, save me. And you'll hear that prayer and you'll save us. Do that for some. In Jesus' name, amen. guys for joining us again this week and um, and just a couple things that I wanted to talk about 
as Jeff mentioned, we have a Mother's Day drive-in service, 9 and 10.30. We are excited to see you here for that. Um, you can still give to the Dollar Club, uh, either online on the app or however you just uh, t via text. But um, that is still going on, and that is still being used. And we, again, thank you for giving to that. And uh, don't forget to text or email or put in the comments down here your questions. If you have any questions about the service or about um, the sermon, we would be happy to talk about those on our podcast. And uh, other than that, let's uh, let's let's join, uh, go together <laughs> to the Lord in prayer. Lord, thank you so much uh, for this opportunity again to just worship. Lord, we just thank you for um, the illustrations in your book that help us to just understand that you're with us always, that we shouldn't fear anything, Lord, that you're walking right beside us uh, no matter what. And sometimes you're running after us when we try to get away. And we thank you so much for that, Lord. Um, just be with us. Uh, as we continue to go through um, this virus and, and the things that we have to kind of do that are new and that, that we're not used to and that do kind of frighten us, Lord, we know that you're there. And we just want to um, ask you to lift those up who are sick, um, lift those up who are feeling lonely, uh, depressed, or just anything like that, Lord. We just want um, you to come into those situations and, and give them some hope and give them some faith and give them some, some comfort. And Lord, just thank you again for your son, Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Bye.